Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. Okay, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the One Guys podcast. And today, ladies and potential, potentially gentlemen, I am riding solo as the host. There is no Mr. Ryan Smith. We've had a few uh, technical difficulties, but today we are joined by one of our very own members, Jules Pearson. And um, I'm super excited to bring Jules onto the podcast today because she has just been through the most amazing transformation, not just physical, but um, mental as well, which I'm super excited for her to share with you. Um, So I don't want to give too much away. I want her to kind of tell the whole story. But first off, Jules, welcome to the podcast. You are our first client to be on the podcast. How do you feel? Oh, that's, well, that's an absolute honour. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us, um, I hate, I always give Ryan a bit of stick for, for asking um, everyone this question, but give us a little bit of a rundown to who Jules is. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I always chuck, we always chuck everyone under the bus for this one. We start off by um, just tell us, just give us a little bit of a background of yourself. Um, I am. Um, it's really, you know, it's, it's always really difficult. A female trait. You don't like to know her own trumpet. Um, I'm fifty-two. Um, I've had a great life. I've enjoyed a lot of food, probably too much. Um, I'm a very social person. I am involved in Parkrun. I'm actually uh, an ambassador for Parkrun and I have my own event, which happens to be um, one of the events in, in Wiltshire. And um, and I absolutely loved it. And then COVID came and that kind of stopped. Um, and yeah, that, that's that's really kind of who, <laughs> who I am. With... Um, with- so you you started at the beginning there and you were like very sociable with COVID hitting and obviously not being able to be as sociable. How how did you find that affected you? It was really hard actually um, in the first in the first two months because all of my activities and um, have all been social. So suddenly everything you know, and I'm sure it's absolutely no different to anybody else. All of that kind of got taken away, and you do sort of mourn a bit of the loss of, of that um, because you you hope that there's an end to it. I, I don't think any of us expected it to be going on for this long, but, um, <laughs> but the saving grace for me was I've got a dog, and um, and what it meant was it actually you know gave me a chance to really focus on on taking her out. And when you when you are a dog walker, dog walkers will know. You do get a bit of a social um, interaction with other dog owners. We all like to talk about our dogs and, and watch our dogs play with each other. So, in some <laughs> ways, that I was really lucky with that. So, it, it could have been a lot worse if I hadn't got a dog. I think it would have. I think it would have been really, you know, quite um, quite bad. Um, and of course, activity, you know, was was one. You know, being able to do the activity was wonderful as well. I find that. Um, so my. My parents have uh, a dog and I find, you know, when you've got like a set um, type of car and it, say you have a, uh, a BMW, you give BMWs the BMW nod and you give like Mercedes the Mercedes nod. I feel like dog walkers are exactly the same. Yeah. It's like if I was to walk past, I don't have a dog. I don't think anyone would even look at me. But then yeah. if I had a dog, it's a completely different story. I was actually walking. Um, we were in Brighton the other day and I was with Ryan and Bearing in mind, we've probably walked past about 100, 200 people. And then a dog, uh, a dog owner walked past with a similar uh, breed to the same that Ryan has. And bam, like the conversation that we were having just stopped instantly. Ryan then goes over and starts talking to this person like 
they've known each other for like like years and years and years. I'm like, what's going on here? Um, but I guess it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's like that weird um, connection. Yeah. It, that it, other dog yeah you're now. never alone when you're walking a dog. There's always somebody to, to chat to. So tell us a little bit um, about this park. Do you say it's the park life? Park run. Park run. That's yeah. it. Park run. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, it's a timed uh, weekly 5K run. Um, there are over, I don't know, probably 700 or, or so events in, in the UK uh, and internationally as well. Um, so it's it's a great uh, support uh, network. People turn up, run 5K, have a chat to people. You get to know people. People can volunteer. So it's really, you know, it, it's it's a great way of, of um spending a Saturday morning, uh, nine o'clock every Saturday morning. Um, and you just get to know people and it really is, it's a lovely thing to be part of. How did you get into that? <laughs> My husband's a runner. <laughs> and oh. um, the thought of running 5K with him just turned me, um, you know, completely turned me <laughs> off. So I thought, well, if you can't do it, um, maybe volunteer. So I volunteered for a while and then ended up, being the event director there which um which was quite good also i do i've got quite a loud voice so i can do quite a good runner's brief um without having to use any additional equipment so um <laughs> so i'm a little bit well known for that but uh yeah it's um it's just a, it's just a lovely thing to be part of great um social connections um and uh you know you, you're there for people and no matter who the people are what their lives are like they they turn up they run their 5k for some people especially busy mums it might be the only time in the week where they get to really just think about themselves for 20 to 50 minutes depending on how long it takes them to get around the 5k well this is something that we speak a lot about isn't it um inside the academy it's like what i see and what i love about that most um is the fact that it's for a lot of people, maybe it did start off originally as, you know, something as a mean to burn calories, but probably for a lot of people that you know now, it's very much sociable, but it's it's now like kind of this external thing where it doesn't feel like exercise anymore. You're doing it because it has this kind of social element to it and everyone loves to do it. They come together and it no longer feels like a chore. It's not like, oh my God, I've got to turn up to do this 5K. Or my, It's like probably for most people that are really like dedicated to it, they're turning up excited mm. to actually yeah. go and do this. The buzz. I sometimes feel guilty about actually stopping them chatting and getting them to start. <laughs> but, um, you know, one of the things that's little known about Parkrun is they also take place in prisons, which is a great, which is an absolutely brilliant thing because um, it's great that, you know, prisoners can get the same exercise, but also it doesn't matter where in the world you go, each Parkrun will roughly look and feel the same. So when they when they you know after they've um, you know completed their term and they 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 come back out um, they they come out of prison they've they've then got something familiar that they can carry on doing that they've been doing every Saturday morning for however long they've been doing it for so I think that's you know that's a really important um, uh, you know thing to, to to help them sort of just back to back to society again. I'm assuming that they will run within the. <laughs> the confinements of the actual prison because i'd like to think I'd, I'd like to see how many people have signed up thinking that they're going to be going outside to continue their 5k run for the rest of their life i'm fairly i'm fairly sure they all know that they run uh, in yeah. prison. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay so let's actually talk a little bit about your journey so you joined back in uh, am i right in saying may was it around? I, I think it was. Um, June? I think it was July, actually, early July last year. Okay. And talk us a little bit about you know what brought you to uh, start this journey. Now, like probably a lot of the listeners to this podcast, you found Mr. Ryan Smith on TikTok. Maybe <laughs> I did. It was. I am. A, I am. A, I am a TikTok advocate. Um. I don't think there's any shame in this no. at all anymore. I, th no. I feel like it's like, yeah, not, I think it's uh... not not at all. Um, actually, there were quite there were a few that I followed because I've been I've been doing this for thirty years. Um, as as you're sort of well aware, Hayden, I was a certain weight when I got married, which was um, twenty five years ago this year. 
and I haven't been below that weight in 25 years. Um, spoiler alert, I am now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and over the last few years, I've noticed that the weight has been creeping up. Now, I'm an intelligent woman. Um, oh, I blew my own trumpet there. Um, I, I have done a lot of reading. Um, I did a personal trainer course uh, a few years ago. So, I never knew this. Ah, I keep I keep it quiet because I, I did it for me really because um, I think like yeah. you, if I'm if I like to know what my subject is and um, mm. and so I obviously did you know you do a, an element there of uh, nutrition and I really enjoyed it and I did do um, a couple of courses with the Open University as well uh, on basic food nutrition. So I hope oh, wow. you know. So I have that that interest and um, you know that kind of background. But nothing was really working for me. And I have literally tried everything. Um, and and I was sucked in by everything. I mean, I, I've tried. I think my, my <laughs> the most embarrassing one was probably the um, the tablets that you could take that had ground up prawn fingers or prawn something, prawn tails in. Um, that would make so, we have, so my husband and I, we both like our food. Um, and yeah, and so, yeah, we, we ate a lot. And every year the scales were going up. I'd bring them back down again uh, around about January, but by the end of the year, it'd be, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like stones on each year, but it would be like a few pounds, much, you know, noticeable. And I think in 2011, I started to log stuff on my fitness pal, um, or at least, at least weight, uh, weight wise. It was when, when apps started to, you know, to come out and um, actually the functionality is so much better now than it was back then. But um so, but I've still got that as, as a record. So I knew what I weighed back in 2011. And um, so having tried everything, uh, and I even, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm ashamed. <laughs> just before, I love the law beforehand. Just before I joined up here, um, I did join something. Um, I, I joined an, a, a different group. And long story cut short, I thought I was joining like a healthy kind of active group where they t- they talk to you about exercise and nutrition and all that sort of stuff. And it ended up just being trying to sell me products. And by products, I mean, um, you know, food replacements. Well, that doesn't work for me because part of my enjoyment is the actual munching of the food. And mm. to, to say to me, to you know, to drink this drink just does not work for me because immediately as soon as I've drunk it, I want some, you know, I want to actually eat something physically eat something so so those kind of diets were no good for me um and then I was I was scrolling through TikTok and say I was following a few um Ryan kept popping up and uh, and it was like well you know what he's actually the first person to talk about women and actually um really pinpoint that that it's not it's not easy for women and um and none of the others had taken that approach and I thought well Okay, I've had this body all this time, and I know that it's a bit odd, and things happen. Um, but but it really it really wasn't something I'd ever come across in anything that I'd read or studied, um, or even you know with the um, WW and Slimming World that, that, that had <laughs> never been discussed. And um, and I just didn't enjoy standing up in front of of people being being fat shamed or being weight shamed, you know, by everybody. You put on a pound, you know, and everyone. That you feel like I'm sure it isn't, but you do feel like everyone turns and looks and like she's put a pound on. Um, <laughs> but also yeah. the the bad habits um, that I developed because of that. So I wouldn't eat anything all day, or, or in you know I used to go at lunchtime, but um, and this is this is about 15 years ago. But um, it just uh, I wouldn't eat anything all morning, and then it gets to lunchtime, I'd go and get weighed, and then find myself in the chip shop. Um, you know, ordering two portions of chips because I could, um, and that and that is not, you know, that is not the right way to do things. And I sort of learned that several years ago, and then, um, yeah, so just changed, just changed the way that I sort of thought about things. So I stumbled across Ryan, and I thought, well, I've given everything else a go. <laughs> um, let's let's give this a go and see where see where this goes. And um, I I was suitably impressed and you know I can skip forward to today I mean the journey has been pretty amazing um and I do feel that I have a very a very different journey to a lot to a lot of the women a I think I have a lot more weight to lose 
fat to lose, sorry. Um, but also being that bit older as well, I have had a different journey. And I think that's because with age comes wisdom. And I, I, I was so focused on the outcome and what I wanted out of this. And my goals were solid, which I, you know, which I basically followed all of the instructions that, uh, that I was given, implemented the changes and the suggestions, recommendations that, that, that you'd made, um, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, here I am. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, you, you, you were super diligent with everything that we ever went through, through all of the check-ins and stuff. And like you said, um, I think, I think, do you know what I speak a lot about and myself and Ryan, like we will talk about this a lot about, um, you know, people join programs with like super high expectations. And I think maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I think maybe with an element of like you saying with, with maturity coming into it, you, you kind of came in and especially like you just said a second ago with trying everything else in the past. And I think maybe your expectations weren't like this, like super high thing that you expected to get to um, X amount of weight loss, which we'll get into. Um, mm. So a reason for you all to stick around, something we'll get into. But that's why um, I do think like your your journey has been has been a lot different as well, is because your expectations were never there to start off with. Like you never once said to me, like you you never ever ever once said to me, Hayden, this is too slow. Hayden, this is too slow, or anything like that. Like you completely trusted the process and everything that was put in front of you, and um, yeah, it 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 paid off. But I'm just going to take it a little step back here. So, what really fascinates me is what was kind of like. I know you just said you're like, oh, you know, I've, I've given everything else go. Let's let's give this go. But what was going on in your life at that very moment that you know made you take the 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 kind of the leap of faith? I think I'd really reached the end of of my tether um, towards the uh, the end of 2019. I'd reached the highest weight that I'd ever been, and you know, I fully appreciate it's the uh, it is a number. But I hadn't reached that number before. And um, when you have to start considering the next size up uh, for clothing or things are a bit tight or they're not comfortable, I, I really, you know, I, I think to myself, it, it is time to do something. And I'm quite lucky in that I hide the weight well. If, if, you, if I was to ask any of my friends how, how heavy they thought I was, they would never have got it right. They would have been too stone lighter because I hid it quite well because I'm sort of tall um and um and it went in place <laughs> I, I spread it quite evenly as I found out uh, it doesn't all go in one place so um I did I did quite well at the beginning of 2020 and um and lost some weight and then of course we went into COVID and I um I'm I'm a spinning instructor and one of the first things that I couldn't do anymore was was do the spinning classes and so so there was there was one piece of exercise that stopped. Uh, I had also been um, I had been running. I have done um, some park runs uh, in my own at my own pace. Um, but suddenly it was more important to walk the dog than to go for a run. So and yeah. and because we were restricted to how often we could go out, so um, the weight started to creep up again. And I just knew I would. I, I knew that I just didn't want to be buying yet another wardrobe. Um, to keep, you know, another size in the garage for if I ever get back into it. And I just thought, if I don't do it now, in 10 years' time, I'm going to be 60. And then it's not going to be so easy to move around. Um, and, you know, I think my knees were basically saying, come on, <laughs> enough, enough. So that's really what led me, um, what led me to here. And you're quite right, actually. When I started this, I... I did think to myself, you know, is it an absolute? It is an investment. So there's there's two things. First of all, I had I had no high expectations at all because I've been doing this for thirty years and it's never worked. And and I had all that negative, um, those negative thoughts which you and uh, Ryan talk about a lot, and they really, you know, they really do sort of ring true. Uh, so I didn't. So I didn't actually think, oh yeah, this is the one. This is going to work. It was like, oh, I'll give this one a go. Um, and I think because there's there's the psychology. Um, 
angle as well really appealed to me because I, I kind of am quite in tune with, um, I, I, I'm fairly self-aware. Um, and so that, that really um, uh, spoke to me. But um, it, yeah, it did. It was just, it was just, I, I can't put any, I can't put any more weight on. And the world that we live in isn't very tolerant of people who, <laughs> who are on the heavy side. Um, you know, I think when I first spoke to, to Ryan uh, in our initial call, I said, you know what, I'd just like to get onto a plane seat and not have to get a seatbelt extender. I'd like to be able to, to go to a theatre in London and sit there and not have to um, sit with my shoulders, you know, um, you'll be able to see this, uh, <laughs> with my shoulders pushed together. <laughs> my shoulders pushed together because there's someone who's broad-shouldered sat next to me. And so I felt that whenever I went anywhere, I'm always sitting trying to make my space smaller. Yeah. Um, and that was that was just, I, don't, I didn't want to carry on like that anymore. Um, I'd really, that, that was it for me. And so, yeah, so I, I began my journey. So for the listeners that obviously wouldn't have seen the uh, video, I was was not laughing at the journey. I was I was laughing at Jules putting her shoulders together and and uh, bringing it tight into her neck <laughs> when she was saying, "I can see that." Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's 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 it's it's so right, and it's it's one of those things where I think when the pain outweighs the pleasure, that's when like some serious action um, it starts actually, you know. It, it's, it starts taking place yeah. um, f- for sure. What were some of your current, uh, well, not current, what were your previous beliefs around weight loss before you actually joined the academy, before you took that leap of faith? Like, I'm sure as being through these other uh, programs, which we uh, will not mention, um, you, you know, you built up some beliefs. And often we've, well, like when we speak to, and I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but when we speak to people that um, have uh, like joined the academy, like they say all of these things, like I know I I know I need to um, give up carbohydrates, I know I need to stop drinking alcohol, I know alcohol is the reason I can't lose weight, like I know I'm not motivated enough, like all of these things that people they come with these um, preconceived thoughts about what the weight loss journey is. I'm always interested, like what were yours before the journey? Like what did you feel like was was the reason why you had never been successful before? Um, I think. Well, there's the, where, where you know where where do I start? Um, I think that um, so num- number one uh, that you have to do a lot of exercise. You've got to do you, you know you you're, you can't be successful if you don't exercise. It's all down to exercise. Um, you can't eat. Uh, interestingly, you can't eat fruit. I remember telling a doctor once that I'd had a strawberry smoothie for breakfast instead of congratulating me he told me that that was the reason that um that I was in the situation I was in because oh, uh, too much sugar I know I know it's so scary fruit, isn't it fruit makes you fat apparently um, <laughs> yeah Jesus. Um, so but the the you know you have to be on a 1200 calorie at least a maximum of 1200 calories Ooh, a, a day game. Um, in yeah. fact, you know, I, I one one was uh, one that I saw was um, was five hundred calories a day, and I just, you know, I just I just can't do that. Actually, I get a migraine if, if my calories are too low. So um, if I'm if I get too hungry, so that that didn't that didn't work for me. Um, but it was just it's just the you know the fact that you're there is that they they want you to fail. They don't want you to succeed at all, and I can absolutely see that now. It's it's in the there's a lack of any sustainment program um, or maintenance program after that. I mean, there there are some good products around. I'm absolutely sure, but um, you know, when you think about the the, the big names in the diet industry, um, they're not there for you at all, um, and sometimes they're not even role models. You know, we yeah. we know your story. We know Ryan's story. Um, I find it very difficult to 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 stand in front of someone. Who has never struggled, or who has who has never been, you know, more than a stone overweight, um, because they can't understand why you are like you are, and you know, yes. that's that's hard. It's um, it's it's crazy because from a business model standpoint, it makes sense for for making money, doesn't it? It's like right, if we can give someone a quick win and when we say a quick win like everyone that's listening to this who has tried uh weight watchers slimming world herbalife all these other like quick fix kind of things 
like you will know that you lose a ton of weight very, very quickly. But there's a reason they almost always keep your arms length as well, because they know you'll always recognize or realize and remember that experience that you had. And you, you, when you want to then go lose weight again, the first thing you think initially is, right, right, I lost a ton of weight when I did that last time. I'm going to do it again and again. It's like um, what I, I guess we're slightly spinning off here, but uh, what I love about Porsche is they will let anyone, I know completely random, um, they will let anyone, this is really, this is really bizarre as well, because if Ryan was on the podcast as well, I mean, we would, we would be talking probably about Porsches for the next 45 minutes, but... <laughs> What what Porsche do is they know that if they let anyone test drive their car, so they'll literally like allow 18 year olds, 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, people that pass the test to test drive their car because they know that if they give them such a good experience from a very, very early age, eventually when they can go and afford to buy a Porsche and stuff, they're going to remember that experience and they're far more likely to come around and actually buy that buy that car. Um, and then in a really messed up way, that's kind of what the diet industry do as well with like, um, you know, getting you to remember that experience of the quick weight loss, but keeping you always at arm's length because they don't want to teach you the hows and whys because you will not come back then. And they don't get money in their pocket, which is, um, which is really, really messed up. Um, Okay, so going into the academy now. So you've obviously you you've taken leap face. You put a trust in uh, myself and Ryan. What was kind of one of the biggest uh, light bulb moments? What was like a lesson that you really took away that you know you think helped you along the journey um, the most? I mean, like, you can you can name a few. <laughs> I probably could actually. Um, <laughs> limiting limiting self-belief, definitely. Um, the sleep, definitely. Um, the actually, I know it's not necessarily presentation, but um, questions and answers as well. Um, in those where people, uh, the sessions that you put aside for just general questions that the Q and you yeah. might start out with nothing, but actually, then the conversation starts and the questions come in, and then. You know, those those are really sort of rich, um, uh, rich sessions to, to 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 get things that you just think, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, that was a bit like, um, sorry to interject there, but that was a little bit like, um, and we spoke about this today. Is um, yesterday's like we ended up having a really deep, meaningful conversation about like the psychology of fat loss, and not just the psychology of fat loss, but the psychology of like money and stuff didn't we we went down loads of different rabbit holes um about that which is often like um ryan got a message earlier saying how um like thought-provoking it was and how much it gave them a different outlook into other areas of their life not just their health and fitness and they're the kind of conversations that i think you're talking about aren't you where it's like it does become very very thought-provoking um which is lovely for us to hear because it, it it shows that we're not just randomly talking about subjects that don't have any meaning behind them. Yeah, and I think you you also um, the one that really sort of um, was that was like the, the daily check ins for health, wealth, productivity, and connectivity. So how how is my health? Um, you know, what about social, financial, and social wealth? Um, how connected am I today to people? How accessible am I as well? Um, and uh, you know the old the big one, which I think is 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 you know a real problem at the moment, is how present have I been in 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 you know my social connections? And um, so it's things like that. There's just so much. So it's really difficult for you. You know, at the end of this call, I'm sure I'll be there. Oh, I didn't. I should have mentioned that. I should have mentioned that. But it, it, it's all. It's it's like you plant the seed. And then that seed grows. And I think the longer that you're in the, the academy for, um, you absolutely get it. Um, but the seeds are the seeds are planted and then they're they're just gradually each week they're they're built upon. And um, yeah, and that was sort of really important for me, I think, because it, it wasn't it wasn't just about the fact I should only be having a thousand calories a day. Um, it was about where my mind is, you know, my the, the whole the whole sleep thing as well. I've never slept so well either, thanks to um, to the magnesium recommendation uh, from Ryan. So mm. you know, that really that was really noticeable, and and I continue to have relatively good sleep because of it. 
You know, this is the thing, and th- this is that I'm so passionate about. Is like, that's like everyone's at- intelligent enough to know what is a healthier option than another option. Which one? Which item is going to produce? Like, is going to give you more? Um, like nutrient value than something else. So let's just say we're talking about a chocolate brownie and an apple. We all know that the apple is going to pro- uh, provide for so much more nutrients, so much more benefit. You're getting a better deal with that than you are of the brownie, but the brownie tastes so good. But we know all of this information. So is, why is it that we always keep striving for more and more and more of the brownie type uh, meals rather than the actual nutrient dense? And that's where it then comes into exactly like you were saying, like a lot of psychology based stuff and actually looking deeper um, into kind of like root causes and all of these things, because that's where it typically stems from when it starts. And we don't ever like as um, as you'll know, know, Jules, like we never, ever have said like, this is what you do. You do this. You do. We very much give you guidelines, don't you? Like we we, we tell you about the blueprint, about the approach. And we say, look, this is based on the, and this is where it's so individualistic because it's like, based on all of the information you provide us, like this is where you're currently at. Now we need to meet you where you're currently at. We need to actually have a big analysis of where everything is is going on. Because as Jules was saying, like say she, um, she comes to me and her sleep is completely impaired. There's no amount of calories that I could ever give her that is going to fix the issue there. Because when your sleep's impaired, you've got two main hormones that are affected, which is your leptin and ghrelin, um, which is your satiety and hunger hormone. So when they're then affected, you know, like by me giving you less calories, well, it's going to be harder for you to adhere to actually eating those calories. So I'm like, we need to fix the root cause here. And the root cause is your lack of sleep. We need to really get around this issue and fix that sleep because once that's fixed and that's improved, you actually being able to adhere to your calories is far, far easier. And then all of a sudden it's gone from a situation of like, I struggle to adhere to my calories. Like I don't have any motivation, willpower and all of those things to actually, do you know what? My sleep was awful and I just needed to take a look into that. And, um, that's like, that's kind of like a, a, a breakdown of like the kind of things we do. So for anyone that's listening and was, was trying to get their head around about like the elements that Jules was talking about, like that's um, some of uh, the the small snippets of what, what you can see um, inside the academy. So I really want to get into, uh, and I know everyone that is listening is like, Jesus, just tell us what happened. What did Jules achieve? <laughs> so there is so much like and um i actually popped this in your check-in today um there's like two massive 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 wins that that you provided um in your check-in today that is um is so much better than any actual you know number on the scales um or the amount of that you would lose on the scales or anything but i mean it's still incredibly impressive so let's start about let's let's start and talk about actually like the number the 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 value that people are looking into are you happy to share this um yeah yeah sure cool so in total um 44 pounds down yeah that is for people that probably uh, in the uk that's 20 kilos um just over uh pretty much nearly three stone and um an absolute whopping 83 centimeters down um across the whole body which is um incredibly 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 impressive and do you know what the the most amazing thing about it all is like you said you have not deprived yourself of calories at all have you no. like no there's there's been no kind and in fact like i know you'll be happy for me to say it like we we give our clients so for the listeners we give our clients like ranges that you know you should be aiming towards you've got a more aggressive approach you've got a less aggressive approach we give the clients autonomy to be able to decide you know based upon their lifestyle in that moment which kind of angle you want to go down and there's been quite a few weeks where you've actually you know you've been optimizing the higher end of the size haven't you mm. of the of the deficit but just as you said at the very beginning like that suits your lifestyle more that's been what's been super useful for you like did you did you find it useful this weekend <laughs> being easter weekend <laughs> <Might have> done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah how did you like did it 
at any point through the process, did you feel like you were a slave to your calories or they controlled you in any kind of manner? Never. Um, this is what, this is what was, this is probably the biggest struggle that I had because I've been brainwashed by the diet industry for so many years. For you to tell me that I could have more than, than twice the amount of calories that, that another company, a well-respected company had told me that I could have and still lose, and still lose weight just is mind, is mind blowing. Um, Obviously, I, I knew about, um, you know, things like um, basal metabolic rate and, um, and you know, the fact that if I just lay in bed all day and didn't move, that's how many calories my body would need to just process, process things itself. Um, add on top of that movement and, um, and then obviously that, that goes up. So when you first see those figures, it's like, no, you've got to be joking. Um, and I embraced that for the, uh, I was, I mean, I should, we should point out that the calorie range is only 200 calories. Um, for me, there's only ever been 200 calories between the highest um, and, and the lowest. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I have made the most of it. You're quite right. Uh, I've really enjoyed being able to have a jam donut when I want one. Mm. Uh, Sainsbury's uh, other donuts are available, but they are the best for me. Um, um, I think we can't, we can't brush over this little topic that I know we've had a little discussion on and I, I can't let it go. So um, I'm, I'm quite happy to actually tell you about the old me. So old me and donuts would have, so if anyone who knows Sainsbury's sell donuts, they sell them in packs of five. Um, those five would evaporate in a day and I would probably be the only one eating them. So they're about 230 calories per donut. Um, but and I, but I did only shop once a week. Uh, but but that, that's, that that was kind of the old me. Um, the new me, uh, I have a donut on the day it arrives, and then I bag the other four donuts up and I freeze them, and then I defrost them uh, when I want one. So um, I actually shop only every two weeks now. So those five last for the two weeks. Uh, but uh, after I've done a big walk, I tend to um, uh, have it with a cup of tea because it tastes nice with tea. Um, but yeah, I, I defrost them and then give them a quick 10 second blast and they are delicious. So yeah, I have to get, that's see, my donut thing. Yeah, I, I couldn't get my head around. So when Jules put this in her check-in, I had to literally read it about four or five times. And I was like, right, okay, like the concept here, I'm, I'm just not getting it. So <laughs> it's frozen and then you get it out. And is it not like, because you must have, it's like, this is like the biscuit game, right? Where you've got a custard cream. And if you're dunking that custard cream in that tea too long, night, night, game over. Yeah. Like you're in all sorts of trouble. I feel like that's the exact case. It must be the same principle with a donut because if you leave it too long, it goes really soggy and surely that can't be. But then like you're saying it tends, you've, ov you've obviously mastered the craft here and understanding, yeah, the, the 10 second blast, like you've, you've obviously got that down to a T, but like, what's the, what's the texture of it? Is it like exactly the same as you would when you buy it originally? It's exactly the same. The sugar, because, so these, these are UK donuts, not American style donuts. So there's no mm -hmm. icing or anything. It is, it is a, it's a, 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 a jam it's a donut that's got jam inside and then um granulated or caster sugar so a, a crunchy sugar around the outside and um, so the sugar kind of gets a bit crunchier because um i guess where it it starts to, to melt it, i mean it's still there it's not um but it's just as fresh as when you buy it so the only difference i'd say is the texture of the sugar um the rest of it is um it's just heavenly <laughs> would so uh now you found this. Uh, obviously, obviously, it's an it's an amazing tool, by the way. And to have that restraint and do that is yeah. awesome. Um, does it taste nicer after freezing it and then doing it a ten second blast or eating it straight out the packet? I actually from when it arrives. I actually like it with a ten second blast because it is. If you've ever had a warm donut freshly made, it is. It's it's heaven. It is absolute heaven. So. But you know, it, it's it's a raspberry jam donut, so I don't mind. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, a little blast, frozen, <laughs> defrosted, and a little blast is 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 perfect for me. Okay, so I think uh, Jules might have created a movement. I'm really here sorry. Where, um, yeah, well, you know, this this could be something that could be trending for many years to come, and it all starts here on the podcast. <laughs> I'm. It's one of those things where I I'm not going to knock it until I try it. Mm. Um, I'm going to give it a go. I am going to give it a go, like genuinely, yeah, and uh, give you feedback um, and let you know how that went down. Um, 
And then that's the, obviously we've just spoken about then about some the physical wins that you that you had like absolutely incredible, um, an amazing amazing story, and the fact that you've been able to do it um, without ever depriving yourself, like uh, very much enjoying all the food that you want to be doing, is is um, is amazing. Like I think everyone thinks that they need to like. And this is kind of taking a little step back again, but it's like everyone thinks what they need is their calories. And Ryan talks about this a lot. And it's it's not actually the cat. Like ev- anyone can go online and find out what your calories are. You can go search them. And like you said, you knew what your um, your BMR was. You knew um, you knew all these terms and everything. But um, it's not what people actually need. People need to understand like, the whole process behind it, like the habits and behaviors that they've had ingrained in, in, into themselves their whole life. Um, and then actually when you understand the calories, it becomes like, once you understand that, then the calories actually become so much easier and, um, you can, you can get your, your head around that point. Um, right. Let's go into a little bit. I, I, I want you to, to talk about this. The, the win that you, the two wins that you gave me today, uh, that was kind of, uh, very, very jaw dropping for me. Um, and it's it's just it's absolutely incredible. Like it really is. So number one, the jeans. Um, I haven't had, I haven't owned a branded pair of jeans for many, many years. And the last time I owned a pair of Levi jeans um, had to be, I think, about nineteen eighty eight, probably. And um, I thought to myself, well, and and here's here's the strange thing is I've never. Obviously, I obviously I can see photographs of myself. And I can see photographs of myself now and how I was before. And I see the difference in the photographs. But in myself, even sometimes looking in the mirror, it doesn't, I don't see it immediately. I think because you're when you're used to a familiar face, your your mind kind of blocks out some stuff. So in in my head, I still feel I'm saying I, in my head, I, I still feel that I was the same size when when we when I first started, but I know that I'm not because it's it's so apparent. So I I um I thought well I'll, I I'm I'm going to treat myself now because um it has been it's been a great journey. Uh, it, it has been I have I have not struggled with it at all. I've really enjoyed it, and it it it, it has been I, I've eaten what I wanted to, um, within the parameters. So I thought I know I'm going to get a soft pair of jeans. So. I ordered um, four pairs of jeans, uh, two in the size that I thought I was and two in the in the next size down. And um, when they arrived a couple of days ago, I thought, right, OK, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put on the smaller size just to see, you know, because I won't be able to pull them up. Um, and um, I'll just see how, how they look. Well, they went past my calves, which is normally the first test. And I thought, mm, this is odd. And I carried on pulling them up and they went on um with room to spare and so I did the have I looked at the right have I picked out the right one was I looking at the wrong is it is it size wrong so I checked labels were were perfectly okay and I thought wow so um I didn't even bother trying on the larger pairs and they've gone straight back uh but I did order (laughs) I have ordered now the next size down um just just to see so for me that was a massive win because those Forty-four pounds is actually um, three or four dress sizes, depending on the company. So um, you know that that was that's what the forty-four pounds meant to me is that many dress sizes. Um, the other one is um, I think two thousand and seventeen and two thousand eighteen. I wanted to challenge myself by walking a thousand miles a year, uh, which works out to be about two point seven four miles a day. 2017, I didn't do it. 2018, I didn't do it. I finally did it in 2019 with with only like one day to spare, and um, and I was quite sort of pleased. Was this, you know, because that, that's you know, it was a lot for someone who isn't who didn't do a lot of walking at that time. And then um, I thought, well, okay, I'm going to sign up this year for a challenge, and I did a Lands End John O'Groats, a virtual walk, so. Every day I logged my mileage, thank goodness for Garmin, uh, made it a lot easier. And um, I completed that, and that was 874 miles, and I completed that in six months. So where I struggled to squeeze a 1,000 miles out in a year before this journey and before, um, you know, dropping the weight, 
I'm now I'm now covering between five and seven miles regularly every day. So that is it's just absolutely crazy. It's absolutely mad that you so what you you achieved in six months, what you have failed twice to achieve over the course of a year, yeah. which is is just mind blowing. And yes, like you said, you managed it third time lucky, you you managed to achieve it. But I imagine there was probably some stressful days there, right? Where you were like, okay, I need to get, you know, a lot of steps in right now. Like I need to I need to rack up some mileage to to make sure I hit it on time. But for you now this year to what was it do you say it was six months left? Just yeah. like you've done it yeah. within six I did months. It within six months, yeah. Yeah. So you absolutely smashed it. And then like you said in the check-in earlier, today that you know you're you're now like comfortably cruising five five um five miles a day yeah um no no problem at all and do you know what i even remember um and this is probably going to be more personal between us two after the listeners but it's like you saying um at the beginning like you telling me about the miles and stuff and like even over the course of like uh the months that we've been working together like I've I've still been able to see your progression and your journey um, for even like how your fitness is going. I can remember like one of the first few check-ins when you were saying it actually like walking is starting to feel a lot easier now and I'm starting to attack more heel, uh, hills um, that I wouldn't have normally done and I'm still being able to like push a little bit longer. But we're talking like a few miles then. And then for you, for, for me personally to hear you now saying, yeah, five miles. Yeah. Right. <laughs> five miles. Having, Complete that. <laughs> having, having the dog helps, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to credit you with something here. But the pair of you, actually, you, you and Ryan, you talk about habits. Willpower is 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 real. Willpower requires a lot of of effort um, and energy and um, brain power. Habits don't require quite so much so form a habit which is you know um i know that that you've you've covered habits many times um since i've been working with you and um it's the, it was the habit uh that 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 really sort of spurned me on because i knew i had to get up in the morning i knew i'd feel better during the day if i'd had a walk first thing um i've now incorporated a lunchtime walk as well um with dog uh, her legs are getting shorter. Of course, And but it was it was habit. It became a habit. I didn't I didn't think twice about it. And you talk about um, intrinsic and extrinsic and um, and and things like that. I'll we'll let people <laughs> look that up. But um, that, that really is is kind of um, is kind of what worked for me. But also, it was in a check in that you, you mentioned about a light bulb moment in a, in one of my check ins where I'd had a really lazy week. Um, as in I wasn't meeting 10,000 steps per day. Uh, I don't think I've ever had a really horrendously lazy week. Um, But the following week, I then really upped the steps and got moving because I think you said to me, do it, get on with it. And then when you look back at the the progress, things kind of stalled for the week. Uh, The week after, I didn't really do much. Um, And then the following week, I I, I witnessed a, a bigger um weight drop which which actually was only a kilogram um but compared to the progress i've been making up until that point um it was it was really noticeable that oh and for me that was like light bulb moment uh, it is definitely linked the more steps i do um the more my progress will continue mm. you you cannot like and this is something that we're we're super passionate about like you you can't um what you don't measure, you can't manage. Yeah. Um, so like having data is so, so important. And these, like, this is the difference. So like you said, motivation is finite. It comes and goes. It's completely cyclical. Like everyone has been there when they've been like, they've set their alarm to go to bed and they're like, I'm getting up in the morning. I'm going to do this. I'm going to absolutely, this is typically like a Sunday for a lot of people where they're like, right, I'm going to, you know, cut out all these foods. I'm not going to eat any sugar, cut out alcohol and go to the gym every single day. And then you wake up in the morning and bam, motivation's gone. Like it's just completely disappeared. But by tracking all of these metrics and having an understanding about this, like that in itself is huge motivation. 
Because when you understand your metrics and you understand the data that is going along and you're tracking all of those things, like you said, you can start to find trends. You can start to see where, you know, maybe some of your pitfalls are. And then it then becomes very, very easy to actually action it and moving it um, and move forward with it rather than kind of sitting there scratching your head being like, oh, it's another week where I don't really understand what's going on here. Um, and so many people are just playing the guessing game. But if you can actually start to, um, you know, track what's going on, you can start to manage your data exactly like you said, like that's where um, a lot of the light bulb moments are are found. And also like uh, so, 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 I'm so glad you said it. It's so, so important. Like you are a direct representation of the habits and behaviors that you have um, been doing in your life. So if you're a, um, like no one ever, like you didn't become overweight by eating one donut or two donuts or eating overeating on one given day. It's the, it's the consistent habitual and um, it's the habitual process and your behaviors to do that continuously over and over again, which is cause is, which causes us to gain weight. Um, so for that, for you to actually kind of like transform and to change, like your habits behaviors are huge. Like they are everything. Like you said, like it's not, it, you're no longer um, relying on willpower on those kind of things. And you start to um, become that person. You start to become a person like now, like Jules's identity is someone that goes out and walks. Like this is so ingrained into our habits and behaviors now that this is where longevity happens. Like she'd literally have to go to prison to stop <laughs> like that kind of habit and behavior happening. <laughs> Like a different part, right? Apart from every Saturday. <laughs> um, but that that that's now a part of your identity. And we say this about um, people that do steps and stuff that like, you know, they start to build habits of people that actually get the stairs, they don't take the escalators, people that track their food, like you just become more um, hell seeking. No, you don't have to do it for the rest of your life. But you form an identity of someone that has an understanding around calories, you're more protein seeking, like all of these things. And these are like subconscious things that start to happen every single day. And um, that's when the long term transformation happens. And like, I, that's a hundred percent, I know your journey, like you are a hundred percent going to just keep on um, moving to the exact trajectory of where you're going because you have all of these formed um, rather than someone that I can see has like, you know, maybe just gritted their way through it and just deprive themselves of calories and lost a ton of weight, which we see um, people on like these clubs and stuff do. Um, and we just know like there's there's going to be a rebound. But yeah, I, I 100% know that you're, you are, you're going to continue with your trajectory, which is uh, super exciting for you. And I'm, I'm really excited to uh, like keep checking in and seeing, you know, how everything's going. It's some, um, I think the, um, you mentioned earlier about the the speed of it. I mean, I've done the fast weight loss weight loss stuff, and you know the the starving yourself, and you know I've I've done all of that over the years. This has been the most sustainable. Um, it you know the teaching you about you know the nutrition side, the psychological side, uh, tracking your calories. I mean, I used to eat out a lot. I had absolutely no idea how many calories I was um, you know eating until I started to weigh and measure. And um, whilst I appreciate that it might not be for everyone, do it, you know, get get a real idea of, of how many calories you're actually consuming, because there's so many hidden calories that you just don't think about, like how much oil you've added to the frying pan, you know, to, to fry stuff with. Um, yeah, that, that, that was really sort of, you know, quite an eye opener for me. But slow and steady wins the race. That's, you know, it's that simple. It really does. And then just touching on that um, tracking that you were saying as well, it's like, I think the best thing with tracking as well is it's, it seeks a lot of the truth, doesn't it? It's like when we go in blindfolded without any understanding, like which every single one of us have been because we didn't, we weren't born and started using my fitness pal. Um, <laughs> but we, we've all been blind. We've gone into a, occasions blindfolded where we have no idea what the calories and stuff like that. And it isn't until you start tracking. And by the way, like we're not saying to any of the listeners here, like you need to start walking into restaurants with weighing scales and asking these chefs because you're probably not going to get the nicest food <laughs> given to you if you get them to weigh out your, your potatoes or anything. But it gives you more of an understanding of roughly like eyeballing what maybe your plate looks like and you get a better, 
a much better understanding into what like portion sizes and caloric values are, which is which is huge. And that again, it all um, compiles into that um, longevity, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And the, like the long term transformation. Um, so. This is uh, another question where Ryan says that I always chuck everyone under the bus with this one. Ah. But this is, uh, this is kind of like um, coming, to, coming to the end. Like, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, and by the way, thank you so much for, for coming on today. Um, but for people that maybe, you know, are listening to this and are feeling super frustrated with their journey, like nothing seems to be long-term or sustainable for them. I mean, you've given us so much gold um, throughout this podcast anyway. So I know you could probably pick, ping up any of these points. Um, but what would be, you know, like maybe your top one to three tips, like what would be a takeaway message to give someone that is in that position that maybe was in that position where you were prior to joining the academy, you know, just like before the the, the whole pandemic kicked off? What would be some advice that you would give to someone who is looking to finally make that, you know, permanent transformation and um, not actually ever go backwards, just keep moving forward with the trajectory? I think um, I I use the term when I first spoke to Ryan, I wanted a handrail. Um, I just, uh, you know, I knew what I thought I should know, um, but, but actually implementing it just wasn't really working for me. So having someone just, you know, just there that, that could guide you, I think is really important. Don't, don't do this alone. The other thing I'd say is look back at what hasn't worked for you. And um, I think it's like the definition of madness, isn't it, is repeating the same thing and expecting a different outcome. Um, you have to change something. How important is this is, is, is like a third takeaway. I think I, I want people to think about how important is this to you? Because if it's so important that it's affecting your life, then make an investment of your time, energy, money. Make that investment and take that step and listen to what people are saying to you. Um, you will be given the tools, um, you'll be given the tools and the toolbox to work within. Uh, but you have you do have you'll have to find your own way. But the journey is definitely worth it. I mean. All I can say to you is 30 years I've been at this. I still can't believe how successful I've been. Um, you do get, you know, I mean, say, Hayden, it's been fantastic working with you. You've given me some great support. You're really on it. You know, <laughs> the things that I've tried to deny, <laughs> you haven't let me get away with. Um, you know, it, 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 it's it's worth the investment. You know, what what price would you put on being able to make this journey? Yeah, such such an important question to um, to ask, and I promise the listeners I did not pay Jules to say any of no. that. <laughs> yeah, that, no. that's that. Honestly, that's it's such it's it's such a brilliant answer, and it's um, it's it's something that you definitely should always be thinking about. Is like how long have you like been spinning the wheels for? Like how long have you been in that position? Um, and then if you're going to talk like financially as well, it's like how much have you spent to be t- at that point? Like some people it isn't, it's not a case of like a hundred pounds here and there. We're talking like, like 10, 20, 30 years of like spinning the wheel and trying to do all of these things. So I absolutely love that. Like, I want to thank you again, Jules, for, for coming on. Like, and I want to take this opportunity as well to be like, just to say that like, it's actually been a huge, huge pleasure to coach you. Um, it has not been stressful at all. It has only been a pleasure. Um, I, for me personally, like it seems b- bizarre, and you might, all the listeners might find it's a bit bizarre me saying this, but like any kind of like physical transformation from like a scale weight and stuff is impressive. It is. I'm not going to take that away from anyone. It's impressive. But what is more impressive to me is like the actual mental transformation and being able to actually see a client um, leave the academy knowing that they are only ever going to keep moving forwards. And that's something that I, I like absolutely blows me away. And I love it when, um, when, when we get to that point and Jules is 100% one of those clients. I just know that you are going to keep moving exactly where, where, where you're going. And uh, I'm excited to keep, keep seeing, um, your progress moving forward. So thank you again for taking your time uh, to come onto the podcast. Um, maybe in, um, you know, six months to a year time, we'll do a round two and we'll see where, where Jules is at. 
No yeah. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, you're, you're most welcome. I've, I've really enjoyed this. And, um, you know, I, I just can't, um, as I said, I'm not receiving any money for this, but um, it, it really has made such a big difference to my life and um, probably something that I wouldn't have thought about had I not found Ryan on TikTok. So thank you, TikTok. <laughs> No, thank you so much. And for any of the listeners um, that, are, that are still here listening back, like if you are now at the point where you feel that, you know, enough is enough, you want to take action, maybe you resonate a lot with Jules's uh, journey, um, drop us a, a message. We're going to use the trigger word Jules as Jules. <laughs> drop us a message saying Jules, um, if you want to speak about um, where you're currently at, where you want to get to, um, we'll speak about a little about a little bit about your um, your current journey and what you are actually looking to achieve and the roadblocks that you are currently facing. And um, we will connect and, and take it from there. But other than that, thanks again for coming on the podcast and we will have Mr. Ryan Smith uh, back next time. Bye-bye.